Um, I'm going to ask you to stand. We're going to respond in um, worshiping God through song. And I want to read Hebrews 12, verse 2 and 3. So it says, Fixing our eyes unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Who for the, now I can't read my Bible. I'm joking, I know it. That's fine, lost, lost, lost. <laughs> okay, so fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, before the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. And that's what the enemy wants for you, to be weary and discouraged. And there might be stuff happening in your life internally. You might be confronted with stuff that's happening externally that's totally beyond your control. But there's a way for you and I to live a life that is not drawn, pulled down, and you don't have to be weary and discouraged in your soul. And it is with this focus on Jesus, the author, the beginning, and the perfecter of our faith. And, and I want us to take a moment, just a couple of seconds, just for you to pray. And whatever is currently drawing your focus away from Jesus, just lay it down. Just lay it down in this moment. Say, okay, Lord, I've got no ability to change this thing that is consuming my mind right now. Maybe you can when you get home. Maybe tomorrow when you get to campus or to work, you can address the things you are stressing about now. But you can't do nothing about it now. Release it. Say, God, I want to give this to you. I want to surrender it to you. And I want to um, fix my eyes upon you.
just one word Heal what's broken inside me Just one word And you revive every dream Just one touch I feel the power of heaven Just one touch My eyes are open to see My can't help but believe There's nothing that a God can do There's not a mountain that He can move Oh, praise the name that makes a Jesus, he said. 
let the lost be found forgiven death could not hold him down he's risen so let the saints cry out we worship you we worship you going to continue just worshiping the king there is something that we need to be mindful of just for ourselves because this can quickly become a ritual where you're a christian and christians read their bibles tick christians pray tick christians don't curse too much tick christians go to church as often as they can or want to tick ish um and it can easily become something that you just do because it's what's expected. And um, so for the last couple of weeks, I literally threw, flew around the world. And we established that the, the globe is round. The earth is not flat. But um, in Dubai, if you've ever been there, it's quite an international airport. So I was standing at a moment and just standing still and just observing. And around me, just so many different languages so many different cultures, but also so many different beliefs. Um, in the Philippines, which is predominantly a Roman Catholic nation, but there's also a lot of skepticism um, creeping in, especially on campus and in the high schools. But again, there's a different belief system that you're confronted with. Then to America, going onto campus, um, hosting events specifically geared towards agnostics and atheists. Again, you're confronted with people who believe differently than what you believe. And you can get to a space where you're like, oh yeah, I'm a Christian, um, but what does it mean? Like, what, what's the power behind what we believe? And Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 15, he says, 
Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received and in which you stand, by which also you are saved, if you hold fast that word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. Then he continues to explain the gospel, um, the crucifixion of Jesus and how he rose again. But then he says to them, If Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty, and your faith is also empty. And if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile or useless, and you are still in your sins. But, and if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men to be most pitied. So what he's saying is, if Christ did not raise from the grave, then what we do here tonight, I'm glad it makes you feel good. I'm glad that it helps you to connect with music or with something and it gives you some sense of hope, but it's useless. You could spend your time better. If Christ is not risen, then what we're doing here is just we're hyping one another up with some good motivational speeches and it stirs something in your soul and maybe it makes you go out into the world and feel a little bit less messed up. If Christ is not risen, there is still no hope for your sin. You are still lost in your sinfulness and your brokenness and there is still no way out for you. If Christ is not risen, there is no hope for you beyond the grave. But then he continues and he says, But now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. So because Christ is risen, there is hope. Because Christ is risen, there is the forgiveness of sin. There is the removing of guilt and shame and the condemnation that weighs you down. There is hope for those who are sick in this life, definitely in the next. There's hope for those who are hurting, who have been disappointed. There's hope for those who are discouraged. There's freedom. There's a liberty. There's a liberation that is available because Christ is indeed risen. But that changes everything. If Christ is indeed risen, it changes everything. Yes, it provides you and I with a hope that nothing can compare with. But then it does change everything about your life. If Christ indeed is risen, it changes who you are. It changes your identity. If Christ indeed is risen, it changes your purpose in life. It absolutely challenges your priorities in life. What you give your time and your resources to. It challenges what is important. It changes the direction of your focus. If Christ indeed is risen, if Christ indeed will return at the end of time and take with Him all those who have faith in Him, it changes what you give yourself to. It changes what you say yes to and it changes what you say no to. If Christ indeed is risen, because we can gather and sing He is risen, but not believe it in our hearts. If Christ indeed is risen, friends, it changes everything. I want to go to a scripture in Isaiah 6. In the year that King Isaiah died, so this is not Isaiah and Uzziah, it's not the same person. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of His robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim, each one had six wings. With two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. 
And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of His glory. And the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of Him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke, which represented the presence of God. So Isaiah comes and he encounters the presence of God. He sees God sitting on the throne and he hears the seraphim crying out, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. When we worship, we direct our worship towards God. Friends, we're not just singing songs. We're addressing a God who sits on His throne and He is holy, holy, holy. Isaiah responds and he says, Woe is me, cursed is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Friends, when you and I encounter the living God who is holy, 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 your first response is not, how great am I? No, your first response is, how undone am I? Because when you encounter holiness, whatever is not holy is exposed. It's like a light shining into your life and revealing to you the things that are not in line with God's holiness. Areas in my life that is not to the glory of God, that the holiness of God addresses. And when you encounter holiness, you fall to your knees and you cry out in desperation and say, I am undone. I am unworthy. I do not deserve to stand. Nevertheless, live in the presence of the God Almighty who is holy, holy, holy. Who am I to sing songs to the God who is holy when I am a man of unclean lips? Who am I to declare that I get to be in His presence because I'm a man of unclean lips? He is holy, holy, holy. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken with the tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away and your sin purged. Atoned for, cared for, dealt with. So he encounters God and his response is to fall on his knees and say, Lord, I'm undone. Cursed is me in the face of your holiness. And God responds and says, I purge, take away, deal with your sin so that you can stand in my presence. That's the only reason why we get to live. That's the only reason why we get to worship the God who is holy. Because He atoned for our sins. Because Christ is risen. Death has been defeated. Your price for sin has been paid. And you have access to newness of life. But now everything changes because Christ is risen and we are called to be holy as He is holy. So as we're going to continue in worshiping God, we're going to take a moment and you're going to pray and you're going to ask God that He would reveal Himself to you. We're going to cry out and say, Lord, will you come and fill this place with your presence? When the presence of God enters into a room, there is a tangible effect weighs us down because it's the glory of the Lord. And we're going to cry out and say, Lord, come and show us your glory. Come and fill this place with your presence. But this is what will happen. There will be stuff in your life that will be brought to the surface. Why? 
Not so that God wants to condemn you with it because He wants to purge it away. He wants to take it away. So we're going to keep on worshiping. The band's going to keep on worshiping. But we have a prayer station there and there. We have a communion station here in the front. And I want to invite you to respond to what the Holy Spirit is showing you in this moment. Um, Who shared on repentance? You did. There's beauty in repentance. When you and I um, take that which the Holy Spirit brings to the surface and we repent, we declare or confess our sins. The Bible says when you confess your sins to one another, there's power when we call, call alongside a brother or a sister and say, will you pray with me? And you bring into the light that which is hidden. The enemy's power over that area of your life is broken because you brought it into the light and God can deal with it. Because God wants to purge you of the very things that will rob you of His presence. And will you allow Him tonight to come and do a deep work? So if you need someone to pray with you, there will be prayer stations where people are ready to pray with you. You can call the person next and say, Hey, I want to just pray and repent and I need someone just to witness. And then I want to invite you as we continue tonight that you go and um, share in communion on your own with someone. But when we take communion, we do it as a reminder of who Jesus is. We remind ourselves that Christ indeed is risen and His blood um, was poured out so that I can be cleansed from all unrighteousness. His body was broken for my sake so that I can be healed. So when we partake in communion, we remind ourselves of who Jesus is. So I'm going to give us some time and I want us to collectively cry out to God to reveal His presence to us tonight, that He would come and fill this room. Now, I know many of us have inside voices when we pray, but I'm going to ask that we pray collectively so that we hear one another, so that we stir one another up in the faith as we cry out to say, Lord, as Your church, we long to be filled with Your presence. Would You come and show us Your glory, Lord Jesus? Let's take a moment, let's pray.
darkness 
bringing the lies to soften the heart Your love is alive. It's breaking the darkness. It's winning the fight. It's bringing the offense.
just want to encourage you again that um, yeah, if you need prayer, please do reach out. Um, yeah, there's people that's ready to pray with you. And, and I want to extend the invitation just throughout the rest of um, yeah, tonight that if, if you are uncertain about your own relationship with God, you're uncertain whether you are a child of God, whether you are born again, if there's doubt in your mind whether you are saved, um, then please do not leave tonight without having certainty. And you're welcome anytime throughout the night to come to the front. Um, we'd love to pray with you. Yeah. And, and I want to encourage you that the God has given us His Holy Spirit. And it's the spirit of truth. It's the spirit of wisdom and revelation. It's the spirit of prophecy. Um, and if you've been um, filled with the Holy Spirit, then God wants to not just minister to you, but He also wants to minister through you. And um, why not trust God to, to minister to someone else tonight as well? That as we're in, this pre in, his, in His presence, um, trust God that his, his Spirit wants to come and minister to you, but also through you to someone else tonight. Thank you, Jesus. I think before we uh, sing any other songs, just to take a, a few minutes and give you opportunity to do exactly as Yaku was saying, and not just um, sort of get caught up in in the songs that we sing, but really from our hearts, what's the song uh, that you would want to sing, you know, to your father, or the prayer that you would want to say? What's the words? If you could speak to him right now and the beautiful thing is you can he's here what would you say just very shortly there was just uh, one thing i just felt as we sang the last song just felt almost in a sense like someone had been uh, running for such a long time um, but you there's, it's almost that treadmill effect it doesn't matter how hard or how far you run there's just no escaping um, and God's kind of just saying tonight, um, if you're going to run, run to me.
let me be the one because it's only in his presence there's something uh, specific you've been looking for been searching for and I just feel tonight uh, he wants to meet you in that place so I don't feel to sing another song until we've just from our hearts spoken to our father the one we love the one who's here amen
So back to Isaiah 6. After he saw the Lord in his splendor, um, he heard the seraphim crying out, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. He declared himself unworthy of the presence of God. Um, he declared himself condemned and undone. After God came and touched him and said to him that your iniquity is taken away and your sin is purged. It says in verse 8, Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, Here I am, send me. Here I am, Lord, send me. And church, we need to know that God did not pour out His presence over our lives. He did not send His Son so that you and I can be restored in relationship with Him alone. His presence will always lead you into His mission. That when God looks at the world, there is a brokenness in His heart because of the brokenness in the world. Now, we get to be hopeful because of Christ, the hope of glory that lives inside of us. But we get to be messengers, carriers of hope. The Bible says that we are like jars of clay which get to carry the glory of the Lord. Why God chooses to use us fallible people, that's His choice. But I think it testifies to the confidence He has in the gospel. That the gospel truly is the power of God unto salvation. To whom? Whoever would call upon the name of the Lord. It doesn't have a different um, category to say, if you've done this, then now you may be too far gone. Or if you grew up this way, then you may be too far gone. Or if you've done this or have been there, then you may be too far gone. No, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. To whom? To whoever would call upon the name of the Lord. That is the hope. And you and I have people in our lives who are still stuck in brokenness who are still lost in hopelessness. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 5 that we are ministers of reconciliation, that Christ entrusts to us the message of hope, the message of reconciliation, that we are ambassadors for God, for the sake of His kingdom, for this message. He says that God is making His appeal to the world through us. He entrusts to us this message of hope. And where you and I have encountered the presence of God and we found ourselves to be unworthy, but then also discovered that God has come and touched us so that our sins can be forgiven, that our iniquities can be taken away, then God is asking you and me, who will go for us? Whom can we send? And then we need to respond and say, Lord, here I am, send me. Because we can remain in a place where we've met with God and then we stay there, but God has moved on because He is on a mission. God is on mission, church. And when we respond, here I am, Lord, send me, you are assured of His presence. Go and make disciples of all the nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you. And know, be assured of this, that I am with you to the very ends of the age. God did not come and visit us and be among us just for us.
It's for the sake of the world. Jesus said that he came to seek and to save those who are lost. And then he tells his disciples of which we are. As the Father sent me, so I am sending you. Who will go for us? Whom can we send? Here I am, Lord, send me. So I want us to make groups of two, three people max. The morning service, they struggled. I literally told them their group numbers and they still broke the rules. So I had to publicly shame people. But you guys are clever. So I want us to make groups of two or three and I want you to respond in two ways. Would you say yes to Jesus to send you? There's people in your life, your friends, your co-workers, your family members, people in your neighborhood, people whom you pass every day on your way to work, whom God has entrusted to you, who God desires to reach through you. Would you respond and say, Lord, here I am, send me. He'll figure out the rest. You don't have to figure out the rest. You just need to be available. And then let's take some time to pray for specific people that we are trusting for. And let's pray for the city. Let's pray that God's Spirit will be poured out over the city. The Word teaches us that the blood of Jesus um, draws us near to Him. Let's pray that the blood of Christ will draw people near to Him. So I'm going to give us some time and then we'll end with um, two songs. You respond personally. If you, if you want to, <laughs> can't force you to say, Here I am, Lord, send me. And then I want us to pray for someone specific and for our city.
Amen. Let's, uh, let's in response, just we got uh, two songs we're going to sing, and specifically this one, the sending, just in response to these prayers in our own lives, wherever that may be, family, a colleague, maybe it's a different nation. Who knows? Maybe uh, God is doing something, stirring something right now in you as you pray. But uh, I want us to respond in song. So let's stand together, those who are finished praying. Singing, oh, Holy Spirit, move in our sinners with power into the world. Oh, Holy Spirit, move in our hearts, fill us with fire. Love for the world, we're singing, oh, Holy Spirit, move in our hearts, send us with power into the gathered in your name with expectancy and faith we are waiting we are waiting give us boldness to proclaim all the wonders of your grace we are ready we are singing oh holy spirit moving out send us with power into the world oh holy spirit moving our hearts fill us with fire love for the world your compassion for the lost love that sent you to the cross we receive it we receive it Jesus, you are worth it all, no matter what the cost. We believe it, we believe, singing, oh, Holy Spirit, moving our hearts, set us with power into the world. Oh, Holy Spirit, moving our hearts, fill us with fire.
let this room be shaken. church awaken to your love let this room singing oh holy spirit moving out send us with power into the Yes, thank you, Jesus. You never know where your next drummer comes from. So uh, before we sing this last song, Lord, I just want to thank you for tonight. Thank you for every seed that you've sown. I pray, Lord, that like only you can, Holy Spirit, you will bring it to life and there will be fruit in our lives that we can stand before you saying, Lord God, that we ran the race and we gave it our everything. We love you, God. That is our motive. That is our heart tonight. I pray that as we leave from this place, something would have shifted and changed and above everything, our love for people to see people the way you see, to hear the way you hear. Thank you for your presence, Holy Spirit, that doesn't stay in this room when we leave, but you go with us. What an incredible, incredible thought to know that you, the ultimate guide, the ultimate comforter, the one who leads, who sends, who, who's the only one who's able to save, says, come, I will go with you. We thank you for this, Lord Jesus. Thank you for joy that you are restoring in this room, the joy of serving you, God. Thank you for peace, Holy Spirit, in this place right now. We give you praise, Lord. I was buried beneath my shame who could carry that kind of weight it was my tomb till I met you I was breathing the 
Amen. Praise God. 